0: Welcome to Eat This Scroll, a University Fellowship Church podcast. My name is Chris Moore, and I can't believe I'm here with you guys right now. What a privilege it is for me. I enjoy this every time I get to sit down and record. We do so twice a week to offer you a peek behind the curtain of what's going on in our hearts and lives here at University Fellowship Church and our ministries and just uh, what we've been chewing on with God and His Word. This time we've got Sean Duncan. Back again. He's back. He's back. Back again. So happy to have you. Yeah. You know, if we do one more episode, we might have a trinity of episodes. Nope. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, we uh, chronologically may or may not make any sense, but we did just have you on talking about the Council of Nicaea. Yeah. Which covered the deity of Christ mm-hmm. and the trinity. Yep. And we thought there's more here.
1: Yeah. Why not we just talk about the Trinity? Let's do that. Yeah, uh, we're going to do that. Okay. An important thing to remember when you're talking about the Trinity is you're not talking about an abstract idea, but you are talking about three persons. Three persons who are omniscient, omnipotent, and omnipresent, meaning here right now. Yep. So uh, we honor persons when they are in our presence. Yeah. So we will attempt to do that as well. Okay, so... Simple terms. the Trinity means that there is one God who eternally exists as three distinct persons, father, son, Holy spirit. They are not each other, but they are all God. And there's one God. That's the Trinity problem solved. Okay. Let's end this episode. That was my <laughs> fastest one. Why are you guys struggling with it? You losers. Um, so uh, uh, by and large, like most Christians and probably most Christians listening to this podcast are Familiar with the idea of Trinity, yeah. They at least know that God is a Trinity, even though they they might not necessarily be able to explain how that works. They might be able to define the yeah. Trinity just it's as like I an just. Egg. No. It's like water? (laughs) Nope. Clover? No. Dang it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So explaining the Trinity is a lot harder than defining the Trinity, but even though we might not be able to explain it personally, Mm -hmm. uh, we can probably define it and we know at least that that's what scripture is teaching and what is true. Yeah. So we're we're probably in that space. Mm -hmm. So what I want to do primarily is actually just spend our time talking about um, how the persons of the Trinity are distinguished from each other. Okay. Like what the heck do we mean by person? Yeah. Right. Uh, a great quote from a theologian that I read once. It was, it was something along the lines of we say persons, not because we entirely know what it means, but because <laughs> we need to say something in order to say anything. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, that's good. <laughs> that's good. Um, So when you or I like say person and we hear that and we, what we think of usually that comes to mind. is like you, Mm -hmm. like you're a person. I'm a person. Right. That's true. but That's not really the way person is being used in, when we're talking about the Trinity. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to the Trinity, there's one God, one and God, when we talk about there being one God, we're talking about his usia or his essence, Mm -hmm. his substance. What makes God, God, there is only one God, Mm -hmm. but that essence, um, is completely present or completely exists in these three persons. And what we mean by persons is um, the distinguishing relation between the three of them. Mm -hmm. Not relationships, relations. Okay. So so I'm going to give you three terms. Really, we're just talking about the same thing the entire time, but kind of like looking at it from different angles. Yeah. Um, so here's how the persons of the Trinity are distinguished, what the, tr- the persons are distinguished by. Um, the first one we could say are the modes of subsistence. I'm mean, going to use fancy terms, but fancy terms are helpful because words help us define things yeah. and have clarity. So modes of subsistence is um, a long time historical term that's been around for a long time, but all it's really referring to is the way the essence of God subsists or exists mm-hmm. in the a unique way in each person Mm -hmm. um, in each of the divine persons. So um, for example, God, the father is God within himself, but God, the son is God of God, Mm -hmm. light of light. That's how it's put in the Nicene Creed. So the divinity, the essence of God exists in God, just simply exists in God, the father Mm -hmm. uh, alone. But in the Son, it exists in the Son from the Father. Mm. So we get this idea of like the the Son has his divinity from the Father, and the Spirit has his divinity from the Father and the Son. It's communicated mm-hmm. from. So that's modes of subsistence. That's how there, there there's a subtle distinction between the three, even though they're all three are completely eternally God. There's a unique way um, the uh, the divinity. Exist in them, which is modes of subsistence. Mm-hmm. So that's the first term. The next term is uh, my favorite little phrase, but it's eternal relations of origin. Mm. Like, guys, ah, it's a term that Christians should know. Christians should love eternal relations of origin. So first, eternal. When we're talking, when we're saying relations of origin, eternal relations of origin, we're thinking about each divine person's. Here it is, everlasting provenance, which is just another term for origin. Okay. So the everlasting provenance. uh, So first, when we say eternal, what we mean is we're dealing with God Mm -hmm. who exists without beginning, without end. He has no succession of time in his being. Let that one sink in. I can't. (laughs) Isn't that crazy? (laughs) Yeah. It's not that God exists within eternity, but eternity exists within God. Mm Mm-hmm. Man, that's a mind bender. God has no beginning. He has no end. And He His his being, his essence has no succession of time. So when we're talking about relations of quote unquote origin, we have to remember that it's eternal mm-hmm. relations of origin. When we say relations, what we're not saying is relationships, but we're referring, it's another way of referring to the persons of the Trinity, specifically what's unique about each one okay. of them. So that's kind of like modes of subsistence kind mm-hmm. of thing.
0: Cause otherwise they'd be clones.
1: Otherwise they would be clones. Yeah. yeah. It would just be, they would be um, completely identical to one another. And really you're not dealing with distinct persons. Yeah. At that point, you're dealing with one who has multiplied mm-hmm. himself. And that's, that's a different idea. Right. Entirely. So when we say relations, uh, simply put the father is unbegotten. Mm-hmm. He's unbegotten because he's a father and he's the eternal father. So he's unbegotten while the son is begotten. That's in essence what makes a son a son is that they're begotten from a father. What makes a father a father is that they beget. Yeah. You cannot be a father unless you beget. And the father's always been father. So he's always begotten his son. Mm-hmm. So the son is the eternally begotten son. And the, that, that relation of being begotten having his origin as being begotten. That's what makes the son, the son and makes him unique and distinct from the father. Mm -hmm. Meaning in a way, the father is not like the son. The son's not like the father simply in their relations. Yeah. While in their essence and in their being, they are completely identical. Right. Yeah. And then finally the spirit is spirated. So proceeds from father and from the son, but the son does not, proceed or spirate from the father, and the father does not proceed or spirate from either of them. Mm. So that's just that's unique to the persons mm-hmm. of the Trinity. And then when we say the word origin, we're just meaning where the persons come from in a logical sense, not a chronological sense. Do not fall into the pit <laughs> that Arius fell into where he couldn't wrap his mind around both the term begotten and the term eternal coexisting together. Mm-hmm. So he had to throw out one of them because he couldn't see them existing together. So he throws out eternal and says, well, then the son came into existence. Yeah. So it's not chronological. It's just logical. The logical order or logical um, source of a son is from a father. So that's why scripture and creeds will say things like the son is from the father mm-hmm. or all things exist by the father through the son. It's always through the son, not through the father because the son is the one who's from the father. So it's always a, uh, those are statements of origin, logically, not chronologically. Yeah. So with origin, we're thinking about things like eternal divinity, that the, the father is eternally unbegotten. He's God within himself. We're thinking about things like eternal generation, where the son is eternally begotten from the father before all time. He's not made. he has no beginning. He has eternally been mm-hmm. he is the i am yeah it's amazing and then we're thinking about like eternal procession the spirit is eternally spirated from the father and the son there's never a time that the spirit was not mm-hmm. proceeding from the father and the son therefore all three are are completely co-eternal and co-equally god and so that's eternal relations of origin and the final um, way that we might be able to say like the persons are distinguished is just by Properties, uh, the properties that are unique to each person. So, again, all the three of these terms, like we're really just talking about the same thing, Mm -hmm. just from different angles. But the properties are the divine, that the divine persons are identical in all things except for these personal properties, like being unbegotten, Mm -hmm. which is the father, being begotten, which is the son, and being spirated, which is the spirit. So, those things alone, those things alone are what distinguish the persons of the Trinity? Yeah. Comments, questions, concerns, (laughs) remarks.
0: Um, No, I'm just doing a pretty good job of trying to keep up with you on that. Um, It's like
1: drinking from a fire hose for sure. It's like, it
0: is. (laughs) (laughs) And it's, it's a a form of thinking that is uh, unfamiliar. You know, it's not, it's, it doesn't seem like it fits within a, not Lo- not logical but like a like a modern framework i guess my brain's yeah, guess always it. trying to go what about or this or that mm-hmm. or yeah. you know this piece is hard to grasp um so it's it's a little bit it is like drinking from a firehose
1: yeah so let me give you some scriptures give it to me okay so john 1 verses 1 through 3 in the beginning was the word the word was with god meaning distinct and the word was god meaning identical he was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made. So right there, that tells you that all things came into existence through the word, which right. is the second person, of the Trinity, mm-hmm. and without the son, the word was not anything made that was made, which means that the word cannot be made. Right. So right at the beginning of the gospel of John, you have, you have, you have God and the word, both later we'll find the terms to be the father and the son. When we mm-hmm. keep reading in John chapter one, so the father and son are both God, both are eternal, both are unmade and God through the son has made everything. That's cool. That's right. Yeah. Right at the beginning of the gospel of John. Okay. Here's, here's another um, little, little thing in the gospel of John. John one 14. the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, the words, glory mm-hmm. glory as of the only son from the father full of grace and truth. So the glory that we see of the son is the glory as of the only son from the Father, mm-hmm. meaning it's the same glory. Yeah. But you only see the Father's glory through the Son. Mm-hmm. So it's the Son that communicates the essence, the full essence and glory of the Father. That's why that's why Paul and Colossians will call the Son the image mm-hmm. of the invisible God. Because it's in Christ that you see the father and that's part of like what it means to be a son it's it's a father communicates or passes on to the son the ability to communicate the image Mm -hmm. and that's something that the spirit doesn't do like the spirit's not the image of the father of the son the spirit's spirated so that's why the property of the spirit is different even though they're both all three are eternally god um again in john uh later in john chapter six verse 57 Jesus says, as the living father sent me and I live because of the father. So whoever feeds on me, he also will live because of me. So there you have Jesus saying that his life is given from the father. Mm -hmm. That's the idea of eternal generation. Yeah. God, the father is God within himself, yet God, the son is eternally generated from the father. He is God from God or God of God, light mm. of light. Um, again, in John, I'm pulling a lot from John. You can get these in other spots. It's just helpful to stay in one spot. Yeah. Now, next time you read John, you'll like be seeing all these. Yeah, we be it up. In John chapter five, verse 26, he says, for as the father has life in himself, so he has granted the son also to have life in himself. Hmm. See, that's what a father does. A father fathers by granting life to another. It's like what it means to be a father.
0: But here he's talking about logical, not chronological, right? Correct.
1: Logical, not chronological. So So not at
0: one point in time did the father give the son life. Yes.
1: Because, and I always just work it backwards. If that were the case, then at one point in time, the father was not the father. Yeah. In order for the father to eternally be the father, which is the testimony of scripture, Mm -hmm. then the father must have eternally had a son. which means the son is eternal. Mm -hmm. He is eternally begotten from the eternally unbegotten father. Both are eternal. Both are God co-equal in glory, majesty and authority unmade with no beginning God yet distinct. It's Mm -hmm. amazing. It's the Trinity. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, I don't know that (laughs) there's, I just think that stuff is cool. That's, you know, so that the way we distinguish the persons of the Trinity, the only way the persons are distinguished are by the eternal relations of origins, Mm -hmm. or we could also say the properties, the paternity of the father, the filiation of the son. The son is a son. Mm -hmm. The spiration of the spirit. The spirit is spirated. Those distinct properties the eternal relations of origins are what distinguish the persons of the Trinity from one another Mm -hmm. while they're all co-equally God. Now you asked last time I was on, Mm -hmm. does any of this crap actually matter? Those (laughs) were your words. Those were your words. (laughs) I'm just saying You didn't, you didn't say it's
0: Trinity stuff.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but that, it's a really good question. Like, Does it, does all this stuff actually matter? And you know what? We'll get you that on the next episode. You scoundrel! You wanted to get I'm in under. Sorry. Oh, we're at seventeen. Yeah. Well, we gotta call it good then. <laughs> <laughs> Catch you guys on the flip flop <laughs> next time I am on. Does does any of getting this matter? the Trinity right matter?
0: <laughs> Since you're in this much, you got to stick around for episode three. All right, listener, we will get you on the next episode. Bye.